0: Good morning, you are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and I hope your week is off to a great start. I usually am on Mondays at 9. My name is Janine, and I've had this show, Get the Funk Out, since 2011. If you're not familiar with it, you can visit the show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Joining me, standing by right now, is Australian-born star with over four decades on Days of Our Lives, Teo Penglis and he has a new podcast out, and he's going to share all the details with us right now. Good morning, Teo. Good morning. Thank you so much for calling in. My pleasure. Before we we get into your podcast and all these great things you're doing, how did you know you wanted to become an actor? At what point?
1: You know, is there a plan? I don't know. I think for myself, it was a pure accident. I didn't come to America from Australia to become an actor. I came over for different reasons, mainly to get out, away from the mundane life I had in Australia. I was also looking for mentors in my life. Okay. And because of that search, you know, certain people crossed my path, and I'm glad they did. I mean, it was Milton Katsalas uh, in, in New York, and he was the assistant to Elia Kazan, who did Sri and Desire. Oh, yeah. He was, they did some wonderful films together. and. Then I became his assistant reluctantly, but I did, and I stayed with him for over 30 years.
0: That's incredible. It's a long time.
1: Well, so, you know, you learn about um, commitment. You, you learn about being a team player. You learn, there's so many things you learn at school that, you know, when I, when I went to the school in Australia, it was all told what you were supposed to learn. But once I came to America, the platform was, what do you want to do? And so um, acting is not just about acting, it's about so many different aspects to uh, how you look at life, how you experience life, how Mm -hmm. you dance with life, and all of that comes together, and even cooking, it all becomes part of, of an ensemble of issues that come together as a personality and from there you explore and you express. And so I enjoyed that. It's not an easy road, but it was, it's was. it been a successful road for me. You know, a lot of the actors I find now who, have, who are in their 60s turn out to be very disappointed with their choices or didn't get what they thought they would like. But mm-hmm. I find it's all about really hard work and keeping your eye on the ball. A lot of people have found want to have a lot of fun first you know yes um, fun for me was when I accomplished something you know fun for me was you know like when I got Mission Impossible as a series and was able to fly home to Australia Excellent. that was uh, terrific that's you know, amazing stopping out in Hawaii and celebrating and, because you know everybody has a story when they're young they always people look at you like you're a loser or that you you're dreaming about things that uh, are not possible, or mm-hmm. why you? Sure, you know it's every Tom, Dick and Harry has has something there in front of them to to either take the ball and explore it, or mm-hmm. or just you know fear is a big factor. Sure, and people give up in our industry because it's it is hard. Yes, and those rejections are hard.
0: Uh, Teo, I want to interject something because I feel that uh, what you're saying is also something that. A casting director once said to a group of us, don't just focus on acting. Focus on creating a full life with a lot of different experiences and skill sets. And it sounds like that's what you've done. I mean, you also authored a memoir.
1: Yeah, it's also a cookbook. And and, um, and now with this podcast, um, she's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that's why in New York you took dance classes. You... You, you you studied art. You went to the museums. You you expanded your imagination. You traveled. Yes. Uh, all all those things are are the choices that makes you either an actor or a great one or
0: mm-hmm.
1: a successful one. Sure. But I I I, I attribute all my journeys, which I've done many, to um, making me look at other societies in a different way and also expand my own understanding without pointing a finger at how i think certain societies should behave and Mm -hmm. you just you know when you go to china people behave differently in greece or in england it's all different you know someone said to me one time about greeks um greeks who were born in england in australia uh, or America, who have a different, uh, who have uh, a British education, okay. um, are much more disciplined and dependable. Whereas those who are just born in Greece, um, they don't have that discipline, um, their timing. You know, because one thing about being an actor, you have to, you have to understand timing. Sure. Not just uh, what time you arrive on the set and but also the timing of the dialogue you're delivering, you know.
0: Yes, with your scene partner.
1: Yeah, and, you know, some actors throw the ball back at you when you are expressing things, and others just hold on to it. I mean, it's it's interesting who you come across and who you work with. Some actors are just wonderful. My thing is make sure the actor's comfortable with you so you find something that you have in common.
0: So, Teo, what was it like being on Days of Our Lives for more than four decades?
1: Well, I've had some really good shows. I've had some shows that are so exaggerated, I, <laughs> I, I found it hard to make it realistic. Um, but, you know, the, I have to look at it as something sacred in my life, because... It is the base that allowed me to do all the other things I was doing because things cost money.
0: Sure.
1: And um, But one of the beauties of, of traveling, I would come back and being fulfilled with what I explored, it made my work that much more interesting and also the fact it gave me longevity. You know, how do you keep a character in a serial really alive and well through the years? Well... You come back and you, you you take what they've given you off the page and you make it more interesting and, mm-hmm. and beyond what they expected. Um, you know, some of it you look at and you're saying, okay, it's not that interesting today. i better wear something really nice. <laughs> so I try to compensate it. But um, all in all, um, I think that's why I survived, even though I was killed quite a few times. <laughs> Um, I was brought back as the character had gravitas. Yes. In, uh, this particular writer that we have now had the uh, the absurd remark to me that I was hard to write for because I was so complicated. Mm. Mm. And I thought to myself, it's <laughs> a compliment. Know how long it took for this complication yes. to set in. So, you know. Uh, what he was really saying is that he doesn't understand or he doesn't know how to write for me, which is fine. You mm-hmm. know, not you don't have to please. You're not going to please everybody. True. Um, but uh, I, I have other things to do, and so of course that's the thing about being an actor. You plant seeds. You, yes. They develop in your twenties, and look at now. I'm I'm still going, and I'm now I'm writing podcasts, which I enjoy because. It's my dialogue, and it's my experiences, it's my analogies, um, and I put it to words, and, and with effects, and, and sounds of music, and you have a picture, and hopefully the audience, like old radio days, mm-hmm. before we had television, I presume people used to listen to the radio, and That's out of right. the radio, the story would be compelling. Mm -hmm. and then your imagination would soar because your mind had to imagine what the storyteller was was telling you.
0: Sure. So how did you come up with the idea that that the podcast would be called The Lost Treasures, and why was this so important to you?
1: Well, I've done 20 years of research not knowing where it was going. It was just something I did. When I went to Troy and sat at the edge of those nine cities built over each other and looked out at the Trode where they had the war between the Greeks and and the Trojans, Um, going to the Gennadius Library and looking at 60,000 documents in a few weeks and then going to the cemetery where he's buried in Athens, uh, Onrik Schliemann, who was born in Arkansas. And I think because he had a beginning, there's something, there is something different when you begin life on your own, and so you have, have a, um, a, a beginning point, so that mm-hmm. you reach a certain age and you can see an arc. Sure. And <clears throat> you only see that arc once you get into your 60s, and um, because things are coming to completion. And what do you do after that? It's called retirement.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or, if you're yeah. curious enough, it continues. But this was a subject that I felt after reading nine books and then going into his powers, private uh, tour of it, um, I felt I got to know him and I started to write about him. And and then I had all these notes, and I thought, you know, there's a story here. And then someone said, you know, you should do a podcast on this. And I thought, what's that?
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, it makes perfect sense. And then I find sense. out, you know, what it is, and I show it to my agent, and I, and so standing there in the studio and reading, telling a story. It's like it's like you know you're sitting around the fireplace and telling a story like parents did to their children. It's it's uh, it's the time of fairy tales where people love happy ending stories and yes. Or Stories of Treasures. People always love treasures, you know, Ready is the last dark. Well, this is about real treasures, and, and uh, some of it is tragic, and some of it is sad as far as where they ended up. Mm-hmm. But getting there, and, um, and so I realized I had a trilogy on Homer, and and so uh, I flew to Cephalonia last year because I wanted to find out where is the true island of Ulysses? Because it's certainly not the one of today, called sure. Ithaca. Okay. And so I met with explorers and archaeologists, and for a day there, I thought I was one of them. I was walking up and down mountains and looking at grave, ancient gravesites and, and then interviewing a man called Crawshaw, who was the head of it, and came back with stories. And so... I just got back from Turkey. I want to go back because there are stories there because it's part of my ancestry, Greeks That's in beautiful. Constantinople. But, sure. but, but this one, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a... I learned about something called a through line, which is, what, what, is it, what is the synopsis of this? What is the through line from beginning to end? Mm-hmm. What is this story about? Okay. And um, so, it you know, it's romancing your audience. It's uh, keeping them um, interested. I went to USC the other day. I, it was so wonderful to be talking to these young students in film school and talking to them about story. It's great. How important story is. And mm-hmm. let's face it, we don't have great stories anymore these days with films. You, People yeah. who are making the choices haven't lived. I mean, Long have you seen yeah. how many movies there are on Netflix and all the rest? They just keep going and keep going, and then you are yeah. going, "Oh my God, we're in the middle of a supermarket!"
0: You yeah. know, this, yes,
1: this, uh, you know yeah. the great ones. Yeah, because I, I came out of the golden age of films. Mm-hmm. You know, when uh, you could walk through MGM. In Hollywood, and going, "Oh my God, all these incredible uh, actors yes who remain because their their persona was uh, was, was just extraordinary
0: yeah. i I feel that you could teach a great class again, going back to you know have a nonlinear uh, full life of different experiences because here you are. You know, in this next chapter of your life. And it's so meaningful. I mean, I was reading that you always dreamt of becoming an arch- archaeologist, and here you are doing this podcast.
1: Yes. I um, always wanted to dig and find something, and I have. I have twice. Um, it's just something about walking in a tomb. That is over four thousand years old, and being the first one to walk in, Amazing. and then discovering some ancient art in the sand in Egypt. Um, there's something wonderful, uh, unique yeah. about that. Um, climbing the fences of places where they say do not climb over, because you know, like the island of Delos in in Greece, which was one of the most famous um, ports in ancient the ancient world, I just started digging because I just wanted to find something. And I found these jewelry, these these perfume bottles and everything. And Mm. I thought, wow, just touching them. Haven't been touched since all those thousands of years. And then I just buried them again and climbed over the fence. (laughs) And that was my satisfaction. And that was it. (laughs) What's that?
0: I said, that was it.
1: Yes, it was the discovery. Mm -hmm. You know, I have my own objects that I've bought over the years that have each piece has a memory. I remember through COVID, when everybody was in their state of mind and had to go within and find out I haven't done much or I'm not about much or I need to read more or study more or observe more. I've found that each object that I collected through my many years was, had a story. So each piece has a story, and when I let all this go and give it, my brother says, "Oh, why do not you just sell everything?" And I'm going, "No, no, sell my memories?
0: No.
1: no. (laughs) Well, how about passing the memories? I mean, yes. You know, it's nice to point something. Oh, that was my uncle's, or you know, that was my grandmother's. Uh, I mean, people don't understand until they receive it and they realize there's a memory to it and a story to it.
0: Absolutely. To
1: me, podcasts. uh, I've written some nice short stories, which I've enjoyed. Um, But it's, you know, it's all part of um, being kind to yourself Mm -hmm. and 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 allowing your mind to feel alive and festive and uh, available. Yes. You know, it's sad when you see people forgetting, and but to me, it's all all about exercising your mind.
0: Oh, I agree. I mean, yeah. you want to stay mentally active and and do things that will n- nurture those memories and get those memories out there, you know, so other people can learn about them.
1: Absolutely. Inspire people. Mm-hmm. That's why I said my podcast, I want to romance an audience. I want them to feel they're in it with me. I want to know yes. that when I go through a door, suddenly this classical pieces playing in this 19th century house, that they're in a period, they're in a time, you know, you're transported, you know. That's why, how do you tell stories? That's that's the other art form, is how you tell a story. I realize sometimes that dining tables, you know, it's like the watering hole where guests sit around and everybody talks about their stories, but not much to tell in Hollywood, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm happy to say um, but it's interesting how people don't listen they interrupt they like to interrupt With and you can see where the egos are playing where people think your, the attention's too much on you or they want to take the attention away you know there's an art in telling stories because you have to also listen to your audience yes and, but this you know to me it's, you come out on a stage and you look out to your audience And see who's there, who's taken the time to come to see you. Mm -hmm. And it's an amazing technique, is that by doing it, you bring everybody else on stage with you. They feel like they're part of something. Sure. But if you just go up, like I've seen at Greek balls that I've hosted, uh, where the priest gets up and he just talks because he's talking. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know that the audience is not listening, and he doesn't care that they're not listening. He's just getting his oration out. Yes. And to Mm -hmm. me... You have to follow that You look at everybody And just by looking at them It's amazing how they'll put their knives and forks down And then say, oh, I have to listen here sure. But then you better have something That makes them want to listen So you, you start with something inspiring mm-hmm. Something they've not heard before As I, I always say, a wise man once told me "You know." So yeah. no, communication is no. very important
0: It is I was going to add to that, that one of the, uh, I took this incredible class years ago and one of the things I was taught was when you're speaking to a group, get their attention, make it relevant, give them satisfaction in what you're telling them. And I love what you said because I, I know I never enjoy just listening to a talking head. I like people to engage with me and, and feel that, you know, they're connecting with the audience. That's so important.
1: Yeah, and how do you know the audience is listening? Well, as you know, there's too much movement about people are getting restless. True. They feel like they need to do something else, or sometimes something you're saying is upsetting them because Mm -hmm. it's personal. Right. So to me, it's um, you know, how are you likable? You know, how do people like you? What Mm -hmm. is it about you that? So you have to be comfortable enough to to allow that element of yourself, your real self to shine when you come out on the stage
0: sure and
1: and enjoy that they're there and smile and and bring them in i I usually will lie on the floor on the stage before the curtains open you do and I will meditate and I will see the audience in the uh or in the auditorium and then imagine in my mind that I've brought them up on stage so that when I come out, I've already achieved that psychologically. And so, it always works for me. Um, It's just something I learned when I was doing a play at the Geffen Theater here in Los Angeles because I knew it was going to be a difficult evening. Um, The director was sick and it was opening night and Mm -hmm. I knew it was, and not everybody was ready.
0: Was that your way of I, grounding yourself?
1: Yeah, it's it's. You always want to be ahead mm-hmm. of an audience. You don't want them to anticipate you. You know, it's like in conversation. If somebody knows what you're, yeah, I already know that. You know, there's nothing worse than someone saying to you, "Yeah, yeah, you've already told me that." Oh, you're. Oh, I've already heard that.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> now
1: you want to tell them like they've never heard it before. Sure. It's how you interpret something. And, um, you know, sometimes you do bear when people tell you stories they're already told you because you can see that they're enjoying telling that story. But you don't remind them you already told them that, you know. True. It's... uh,
0: that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the first time that's happened, Teo. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so
1: that was from my computer. Oh, it's
0: fine. I want to give <laughs> listeners um, some information on where they can listen to your podcast and find out more about you. You are on Instagram, Lost Treasures, Lost Treasures Pod. Uh, you're on Facebook. I put the links, all the links actually, up on the show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And I. I bet listeners will yeah. not be in a funk after they listen to your podcast. Sounds so interesting, and, uh, yeah, and
1: Spotify. your Spotify
0: and your Spotify, okay,
1: and Amazon and Google. Okay, um, yeah, there, there. Are, there's going to be a fourth episode. The first three, um, really, uh, interesting discoveries uh, about th- these treasures and where they are. They're not. Uh, the first one's not available in America or in Greece. There? Oh. They were stolen uh, during the Second World War. But um, the fourth one really is why I wrote the podcast and I talk about where they tried to kidnap me at the pyramids or where Hezbollah, when I was in southern Lebanon exploring Alexander the Great, where they grabbed me out of the car and threw me against the wall, accusing me of being an Israeli spy they had hung two guys the day before, but it was the United Nations man who saved me, who recognized me from mission and um, yeah. but I went through some you know some obstacles in my life mm-hmm. um, and so i I wrote about those things, and the reason why um i I decided to do these podcasts is a great story, which i won 't talk about now, but it's a great story. Uh, about how I decided these stories I know are so good that there's no reason to die with them. You know, we mm-hmm. must share things. And yes. I thought, you know what, for those people who can't travel, for many reasons, um, for those of us who have, and I'm blessed because of it, um, have things to talk about. I don't travel as a tourist. That's the difference. Mm, sure. I travel because I want to find out what I don't know, mm-hmm. and um, so that's that archaeological
0: mindset. Your your ar- archeo- archaeological mindset is right there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't look at a rock. If someone said, "Oh, if you want to see fine rocks, you can find them anywhere," and and you think to yourself, "Oh my, you have no imagination. Could you imagine?" Who was standing? Who was fighting? If you know the history, mm-hmm. these rocks—you know—it's like when you go to monasteries; those stones—they breathe prayers. There's so many prayers that have been said but in that vicinity. So when you're traveling in these ancient sites, there's stories there if you're willing to listen. Yes, there are stories.
0: Fantastic. So use
1: your imagination because that's how you keep young, mm-hmm. and that's how you. Uh, make your life more interesting so that, you know, when you get into your 60s and 70s, you're not bored with who you are because you just read the headlines. You have to go beyond the headlines. I mean, you can see that in the way people are judging. Yeah. Now president, now, you know, it's it's people who just read headlines, and you're going, you know, opinions are so cheap. And so, you know take yeah. the responsibility, learn the facts sure. about life, learn the facts of, of people who live before you yeah. they have something that they've left behind it's up to you to discover it
0: I will leave you with this though I and I, I agree um, I was fortunate to get a fellowship we studied ageism and people need to see older adults as human capital and they have such gifts to teach us
1: oh you're absolutely right and you know, when you get there, you realize how true that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I knew that when I was young because I had people who were much older who were imparting things to me, and uh, and it really allows you to understand respect. Um, I don't understand. It's bloody Hollywood in the way it sets its products and everything, that everybody has to be young. Mm-hmm. And you look at that that guy who's, 72 on on bachelor yes yes and you you look at that and you look at the ratings there are people out there that don't understand that's why the young ones are in charge of the industry and they don't know anything beyond themselves Mm -hmm. i mean how do you make decisions about life in your 30s you're just starting
0: oh unfortunately we lost teo and we do have to wrap up so uh let me just tell you where you can find out more about him uh, Tao is spelled T H A O P E N G H L I S. And uh, all the information is on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And if you missed any part of this, I will have our conversation up as a podcast within an hour after I wrap. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. <laughs>